0: 26 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy Coffee time, as we welcome back to the show Richard Abear, Hebert, Bear's Garden Center. How you doing, sir?
1: Jeff, good morning. Doing great. You
0: brought with you a tall flower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, I think, a, a couple Amarillo's weeks ago. A- Amarillo is very yeah, yeah. good, Jeff. you yes. on, you're on your game. Uh, over? You learn a lot over well, many it, moons.
0: And, again, I, I mentioned Christine grew one last
1: year about this That's time, right. I guess. That's right.
0: But, so, but what surprised me, because you... They don't bloom that quick. Did you do something to motivate this one? Right,
1: so basically, uh, you know, these are big amaryllis. I bought one that's kind of bare. So uh, Jeff is actually looking at an amaryllis that's in full bloom. And then I also bought uh, one of the bulbs that is just starting to sprout. And what's that's telling you is that if I would not put this in a pot, and pot it, it would still bloom, Jeff, if I stood it upright and let everything happen to it. So it doesn't take much for an amaryllis to do well. Uh, these are gonna be forced to bloom for Christmas. This one obviously is blooming and it will be blooming for Christmas. The one I have in my hand that is just showing some sprouting will be bloom for Christmas too. And so what people would do with these, these are really big amaryllis bulbs. You'll find some, this is probably, I don't know, six, eight inches in diameter. You know, the amaryllis will dig out of the ground. Some of those average will be about, you know, one or two inches in diameter. So this right, right here, they put them in pots to bloom because what Jeff is looking at is a red and white blooms, really, really uh, uh, unique and, and different. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these are going to be blooming for Christmas. So people like to do this. They'll put these in a pot, and then they'll bloom for Christmas. When they are finished blooming, which will be in early January, you basically cut that bloom off, and you can plant them uh, directly in the ground at that point. And you can see the, the one that – Jeff has and we have these potted and fixing to bloom at the store, but basically they're planted in rock. There's no uh there's no soil in here at all.
0: No, now hers
1: did. And I think it came in soil. In soil. And and you can because when you finish planting this, uh, when this finish when this finishes blooming in this container, uh, you're gonna plant it in in the in the ground, in mm-hmm. the dirt. And so they can bloom, but just for simplicity and looks, They'll put them in in rock, and all you really need is humidity. I'm telling you, they will bloom in the box if you let them. (laughs) And so uh, what we tell people is if you have a saucer, you put the saucer underneath it, and you water them. If not, go put them in the sink, water them, let it drain, and bring them back out. And obviously, you're not going to be watering much because there's no soil in here. So the water's going straight through. Again, it's strictly the humidity. And this one has three big amaryllis flowers on it. But you'll also see there's another stem coming out of it and it's gonna put out another three. And so really, really pretty and, uh, and, uh, and unique. And they come in different colors and uh, we just get some colors that aren't, or oh, I guess the norms. And, and so again, you can force them for Christmas after they finish blooming, plant them directly in the ground. They, won't, they will not bloom. Normally the amaryllis uh, will start blooming in late February, March. And uh these will be next year before they rebloom again. But okay. uh but really pretty and uh unique. I I bought some more onions in, Jeff. We had talked about these onions um uh, probably about a month ago. And we get another shipment in.
0: The, the way they were packaged together there, that was you doing that. They don't come that way, do yeah. they? Um, yeah they do, actually. This it's is a The bun- rubber band too. The rubber band they too. Grow with
1: that? No, they don't grow with the rubber okay. band. <laughs>
0: No, but those are individual things that you have just bundled.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. exactly. So what Jeff is looking at is a bundle of 50 onions, and these are the Vidalia onions. And what you do is you unbundle them and you plant one at a time about every 12 inches, plant them in the ground, and they'll put about, uh, t- take about nine months to grow. And basically, we get an early shipment, we get a later shipment. And people say, oh, is it too late to plant them? And no, it's not. Uh, actually, if you look at LSU's website, they'll tell you to plant these in December. So you got plenty of time, and so we do have the Vidaeas and the Red Creole. Both of them do very well. The Vidaeas, by far, the most popular one. We'll sell it 10 to 1, uh, and that's the mild, sweet ones that are – and they they do extremely well. Uh, The biggest thing we tell people with the Vidaeas, as they grow in March, you kind of move the soil away from them or loosen the soil so those bulbs can start to expand, and, I mean, they'll get – you know, six to eight inches in diameter to make a really pretty onion, do remarkably well. Years ago, Jeff, people used to plant, you couldn't buy onion plants, so people used to plant their their onion seeds themselves, and they would start them in late August, September, in separate little beds, kind of in the shade, and they would sprout them, and they would end up with these plants here. Is
0: that when those began?
1: Exactly, exactly. And these were grown uh, in... i think it's west texas they grow He's a big onion farmer who, who does this that's all they grow is uh is onions actually not much of a diet but not much of a diet but uh they get by there you go they get by okay and then the big one right now jeff is uh is the poinsettia okay and uh so kind of the uh, you know the take on points that point are a tropical plant you know originated in mexico and uh, so they really can't take cold. You know, you would think they'd grown they yeah, the right. beautiful red. Yeah, Christmas time. That Christmas time, the red bracts, they look beautiful. And you would think, okay, this is a great cold plant, so I'm going to go plant two in the ground on either side of my walkway and watch them freeze when it gets cold. So you can false plant them, which basically I mean is you take the container and you actually put them in the ground in the container. And when temperatures drop, you just pop them out of the ground and bring them inside. A great interior plant. Uh, uh, they will do great inside. The biggest issue inside is changes in temperature. So you don't want to put them near vents where you will blow hot air. And then you know, in Louisiana, it'll get back into the upper 70s. They would be blowing cold air. Eh? So you want to try to keep it away from that type of vents. They do need some sunlight. So you just can't put them, uh, you know, in the closet and or, you know, in a dark room. And expect them to perform well um, um so they do need sunlight coming out of windows or a, a door that that uh, has sunlight coming through it but they don't need a lot especially at this stage uh if you want to plant them in the ground you would need a uh, you know a lot of sun but at this stage you want them to uh, last the biggest issues with points that is kind of what i talked about is cold weather so if you do a lot of people will put them in the uh, in the entrance of the house outside in two pots next to the doors, which is great. But when temperatures start, start to get into the 40s and 30s, you wanna bring them in, especially in windy situations. Not that the 40s or upper 30s will kill them, but it'll certainly make them start dropping leaves and not look as well as they could. So. We tell people, 40s, you want to just bring them inside and leave them inside until temperatures warm up, and then you can pop them out, uh, and, and they will perform really well. When it comes to watering point status, obviously it depends on, uh, uh, you know, how warm the situation is and how much sunlight you're giving them. But the, 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 the real way to do it, is, and it's the same way you would do any interior plant, you would actually put your finger in the soil and, and see if it's moist. If it's really, really dry, you want to take them out, maybe bring them to the kitchen sink and water the heck out of them, and then bring them back and do it. As a rule, I would say no more than twice a week, maybe once a week, depending on on the situation. And uh, uh, if it's outside getting sun, you may have to water them every day. But as a rule, interior, not getting a lot of wind and, and in normal room temperatures, twice a week should be sufficient. A good telltale with point setters are that you're not quite given enough water, they're not dying, obviously, but they're not, is the yellowing of, those, of the leaves and starting to drop. You now, we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. You see that in pretty much any plant. When you start the leaves start to turn yellow and fall, that means you're giving it enough water that it's not dying, but you're not giving it enough water to sustain those leaves. So that's a good telltale sign, too, is uh, leaf drop. You know, how I, I, I've had
0: some problem with leaf drop. And I wonder, and I know I, I was watering, but do sometimes the the bracts um, take away some of the light of those leaves? And could that be a problem?
1: It, it could. It could be, but usually it's more to then do. Then the bracts
0: fall, and the leaves come back. You know, that's it's, right. It's you,
1: you, usually, it's, it's more to do with maybe it wouldn't get enough light anyway. Yeah. you know, and so you do have to kind of turn them too. If you're going to leave them in one spot, you know, maybe once a week, you know, give it, uh, you know, a half a turn to kind of keep that light consistent. So it's a, it's a little bit work to keep them looking good. Uh, you know, obviously you want to make sure that you're buying a quality plant when you select it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's obviously, if it's in, it's in the north wind, it's been blowing and they're all, you know, on the ground, that's going to tell you something right there. And uh, and then just make sure they were maintained, kind of feel it, and, and see the maintain. W- one, one thing you want to look for when it comes to uh, the longevity of the point setup is that the, what you see in a poinsettia is uh they, they call the bracts which is basically a leaf that will actually change color you know not all leaves will do that and the 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 uh the leaf. not all the leaves of the poinsettia will change colors just the upper portion called the bracts but the actual flower of the poinsettia is is uh you can see it within the bract themselves and i'm showing jeff these right now it's these little yellow flowers that are located in the center surrounded by the red the red bracts uh and and by the way the bracts uh, traditionally are red but they've hybridized now there's pinks there's whites there's many variations of uh, of of the point setup but the flower itself is main t- is is uh, shown within the center of these bracts and the in the in the uh, flowers that jeff is looking at is actually only in bud stage
0: mm, yeah and i was going to ask you uh There are, it it tells you maybe when you should or should not purchase. uh.
1: That's true. In other words, if you can find some that only have the buds and not the flowers, will tell you that in terms of the bracts staying on the plant for the longest period of time, that's the plant you want. So if if you're looking at two plants, one had the blooms that were showing, the flowers were yellow and showing, and one had just the buds not showing any flowers. You'd want to select the one in buds because... Because it has the longest period of time that the bracts are going to stay on the bush. Now, obviously, Jeff, the longer it goes, you're going to start to see the these flowers opening. But uh, at this stage, they should not be open. If they're open, it, it will not last that long. Not that the plant will die.
0: No, it's no.
1: just it, it won't it won't uh, have the uh, you know the colorful bracts on them.
0: And let's face it, well, you're, you're buying it now for the bracts for, for this it, time of year for this I time know. of year,
1: and and that is exactly right. And then once you're done, uh, basically once you're finished with the point setter, if you want a challenge, you can actually pot it in a bigger container. You know, all of the uh, uh, the point setters were basically just plugged into the container, and you can see Jeff, if you can look at that, it's a little styrofoam plug, and they call them plugs. And what the growers do, they buy them. They don't. They're not planting these from seed. They're actually planting these from from little plants that are in plugs. And these plugs are actually styrofoam. Uh, uh, plugs that they the plant roots into the styrofoam holds moisture therefore they can ship them and these plants won't dry out they'll stay moist and and they'll come and create it in uh they'll be shipped in boxes you know is is there
0: a reason they don't do it in a biodegradable thing because those things last
1: they sure do Jeff they they do you're correct (laughs) I mean (laughs) if you go into one you plant in the ground you will see it that's a good question. My, my, probably uh, it's probably cost. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Uh, it's a cost thing. And until uh, it's required to do them in biodegradable things, then they're gonna they they gotta look at cost. All the girls have to look at cost. And so um, that's probably. That's probably the reason. But you're correct, Jeff. These little plugs will last a long mm-hmm. time. And uh, and they will be in the ground. So when you see that, that's not that's not of concern. You know, people say, Oh, look, just these writing, writing, they write it right in there. Say no. Uh, and I'm pulling this one out and you can st- you start to see these roots start to form oh, yeah. in the soil itself. And give it another month of decent warm weather and this this will be full of roots altogether. And so they can be transplanted. Just know that next year that these point setters will not bloom till probably the end of January, so it's not a traditional right, Christmas right. plant by nature. They were, they were, they were, they were forced to. Basically, the way they're forced to is to uh, shorten the day length a little bit earlier than normal. Therefore, they think it's January in December as opposed to actually blooming in a normal day as a normal day length shortened.
0: Yeah, I, I, I took two of mine from previous years. And put them in one big pot together mm-hmm. and they're doing great
1: yeah exactly they'll do wonderfully and and yours won't bloom till until right. that year. now I, pe- I've
0: had them as late as February and March
1: oh yeah absolutely they will, they will go for a long time and and you know people will come in the storage f and they'll say y- you know I saw on the internet internet that you, if you put them in the closet you can make them bloom much faster you know you get to, and then that's true but the hook is is that if you put them in the closet, you will make them bloom faster because you, you get them no, no daylight at all, and that's going to force them to bloom. The issue is going to be the plant will not be healthy when you take it out. Yeah. It'll be gorgeous. It'll be solid red, but it may last a week, and they'll start dropping bracts. Mm. And so, so, you know, and it's not easy for the homeowner, but the way you do it is you start cutting it. and it's, I think it's about starting toward the end of August. They'll start cutting the daylight length about an hour a day. So let's say your day length is nine hours. They'll they'll cover it with a box or bring it into the closet. But you got to do it every day, Jeff. It is really Mother Nature is unbelievable. If you if it breaks that dormancy one time uh, within that, let's say you have uh, 45 days to get it to start blooming. And then you have it in the darkness, and somebody comes in and opens <laughs> opens the closet door. That one time, it will not bloom on time. It'll it'll delay it till till normalcy. So the the growers really have to have to have a, a tight seal. Street lights and all that will affect it. So they actually have these automated coverings that will actually you know come on at four o'clock in the afternoon and actual actually cover these greenhouses really tight and and make sure that no one enters the building or if you do able to enter the building uh, it's in a situation where it won't bring in any light and uh, so it doesn't affect any of the points as it wouldn't ruin the whole greenhouse but it would affect the ones that got the light and so it, it's really a, a tricky but it's it's all to do with shortening the day length and allowing them to bloom uh, much earlier really it's, it's a neat plan if you wanted to, to do a science project and people do it and uh, uh, that's a neat one to do but it's tricky because you got to do it right. And what people will do, they'll do it, and they'll say, well, we're not going to do anything to this one, and we're going to shorten the day length by an hour a day on this one and shorten the day length uh, completely on the last one, and they can see and measure the difference. So, but it's too late to do that now, so uh, that's kind of the deal with that. Switching over, uh, Jeff, everybody's getting their Christmas trees. Obviously, it's, a, you know, it's a, that, that time of year, and it's been a rather a, a cool season, mild season. So people are running their heaters. And we haven't seen any problems yet but I think we will yeah, and it's early. so so it's early and uh if it's it's a if it's a warmer season we see very few problems cooler season and it's a longer we've got four or five more days between Thanksgiving and Christmas than than maybe last year so you just want to watch those vents keep water in that tree and uh and and just you know if you have a vent nearby and you can close those vents you want to close the vents off so that no hot air is. Is hitting directly the tree for sure and then uh the cooler you keep the room it's in um uh, the better that tree will do and obviously the quality of the tree is also very important too Frasers will generally last the longest uh a fraser fir douglas firs will last the least amount of time and usually a douglas and that's kind of from your neck of the woods jeff uh, mm. a lot of the douglas come out of the, of the uh the midwest and um uh, it's uh it is a, uh, a beautiful tree, soft needle tree, long needle tree, but it drops its needles very fast. And usually that's one thing. It's, it's, it's usually less expensive. And we used to get them years ago, and we used to tell people, do not put these up to maybe two or three weeks at the most before Christmas because it will fall it will, it will <laughs> dramatically. But it's less expensive. A lot of people like to, to like to do it late in the season, and that's a good choice because uh, uh, it's uh, easy to do and, and uh, rel- relatively inexpensive. The uh, Fraser furs come out of North Carolina. That's the ones we handle. That's a soft leaf fur, kind of a bluish tint to it. Do real well. Uh, uh, hold up very very well. Uh, the Nobles is, is is a really second choice. Uh, problem with Nobles, and we used to handle Nobles years ago, Jeff. But they come out of the Midwest. Uh, you know the the um, Oregon and okay. uh, uh, Washington area, and uh, the freight has really gotten to a point where it's hard to get in, and it's hard to get them to ship this far south, uh, be, strictly because the cost is is uh, prohibitive, and so they get they get very few uh, retailers handling them. But it's also a beautiful tree. They'll get they'll dry out quicker than a Fraser will. Fraser will remain softer, but the Fraser, I mean, but the Noble hole hits its needles very well, so they won't won't and drop color his, and its color very well, and uh, it's kind of a tiered tree very unique, uh, very, very pretty, uh, uh, but different looking, not quite as full as, let's say, a Fraser, but it does have that, I don't know, uh, majestic tiered look and uh, natural look, and so uh, people like that. Then, then there's the old Scotch Pond, which, uh, you know, I really hadn't seen those in years, but people do sell them. Scotch Ponds, if some of the old older listeners will remember, really the only tree that was available in the in the '50s, '60s, and '70s, that's kind of was it, and uh, that down, one
0: down here, down here, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, but they come out of the most of them came out of the Midwest, and uh, so that's the one, gem that sticks the heck out of it. You. you know it's there. I don't know, did y'all do live trees as a?
0: No, I, I grew up in an artificial tree,
1: the family. aluminum, the aluminum tree, or eh,
0: not silver, not one of those gaudy <laughs> things. <laughs> But it, it was an attempt to look like a real tree.
1: Right, right. And, uh, well, anyway, so th- a lot of these scotch ponds come out of the Midwest. Uh, that was a
0: day you wanted to steer clear of the living room when the folks were putting that thing up. Oh, yeah. Just stay hidden. That's right. Don't be a problem. Oh, because, god, Because, yeah, it,
1: it, it, yeah. In, it was uh, going to spe- hit the In the early
0: 70s in those days, they, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was not as ch- easy as now where they just. Spread out the things. And it's,
1: it's true. It's yeah. true. It's, it's much lit. Oh, yeah. yeah, pre-lit, everything. And, but anyway, the Scotch Pond is the, is the sharp one. Again, the older, older listeners will remember those. And uh, it, it held up well, but, boy, it, it let you know it was there. In, in terms of decorating, putting lights in that tree, ouch, mm-hmm. uh, it hurts. So you don't have to fight that with the Frasers and, and you, most of the other, uh, you know, new ones. And it, they, perform, they, they perform very well with not an issue. Uh, and then, what you, the way you do in terms of you know picking out the tree and, and looking at your tree color is is really very important. You want to look at the color; it should be green and the needles. You know, Jeff, when they come in, they're baled, and so the needles will fall within the tree. And so when you when we open up our trees, you're going to have a lot of needle drop. Yeah. Uh, that is very normal. They're trapped in the tree, and so so once you once you have that initial uh, fall, they should hold on very well. So what we do is we question a tree. We'll walk up to a limb, one particular limb, and we'll take our hand and just flip it a couple of times to get any of the loose needles off. And then we'll grab that branch and kind of pull it and then look at our hand and the branch. And so if you have a bunch of needles on, on your hand and a bunch of needles gone on that little branch, that's a sign of a struggling tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what we'll do with those is— and, and what chipper? No, actually, mm-hmm. not a wood chipper. <laughs> uh, we're, we're able to uh, take those trees and actually flock those trees, and uh, oh, okay. yeah. so because the flocking will seal the remaining needles, keep them on, and they won't dry out anymore. And so it's a simple way of making a tree that might be in trouble perfect and uh, actually perform very, very well. And a
0: lot of folks like those flock trees. They,
1: they do, and uh, it's a real popular tree. We flock a bunch. I guess maybe fifty to sixty trees a season, and. And you know the key with flocking. The, the neat thing about flocking is you don't have to add water to the container because it pretty much seals them and they stays on. They will not burn. You can mm-hmm. put a match to it. They they won't burn.
0: We don't recommend. We that. don't
1: recommend doing <laughs> yeah. that. And uh, and uh, again, you don't have to add water. You don't have to worry about really anything with them. And uh, and uh, they give you a nice look. And and so people like it. But but. But the, the, that's, if you're looking for a green tree, you just want to look at that initially. More than to do with the shape of the tree or the health of the tree. Uh, Jeff, in general, uh, you know, these, the growers have been struggling, this is nationwide, trying to keep up with tree production. Uh, uh, that recession about 12, 15 years ago, you know, set them back about seven years because what, what they couldn't do was that, you know, if they ate a bunch of trees, and you say, well, how does a grower eat a, eat, eat a tree? trees save right. it for the next year save right? for the next year but at some point it gets so big so let's say they sell uh i don't know they sell they sell 100 you know uh 15-foot trees and then the next year they've been bumping them up and now they got 415-foot trees yeah. you know it, it ain't, it's not going to help they have to start cutting these trees down to make room for the newer tree, and that's what happened is they quit planting um uh, as much and then it and then it slowly came back and so it, it's not something that you can just produce, and, it, and it, it'll take about seven years. And I think we start to see, you know, the the trees, the smaller trees, looking much better this year, much fuller than they were than they than they were the last couple of years. And that's because they're able to keep them in the ground a little bit longer before they had to cut them, and they're getting fuller. Not quite, the, not quite that with the big ones yet. A little bit better, but the numbers are down. You know, we got half of what we normally get, and that's been for the last couple of years. And that's because of it's not available, and that's nationwide and uh so um you know that's that's been an issue, but overall uh the trees look trees are healthier they look good, just that the bigger trees the quantities weren't there gotcha anything else going on these days uh that's it. The only other thing I could say uh, uh Jeff is rye grass. a lot of people have they're seeing the the grass is uh they even have muddy styles we didn't have mud before last uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks no mud, just just dust. And so we're starting to see that mud. So if people want to put down rye and you got time to do that, trust me, uh, all you need is about seven to ten days of uh, mild weather to get the rye grass up. And once you got it up, you're fine. And so you still have plenty of time if you want to green up the yard or just have some dirt spots, uh, you know, uh, that you want to plant. Just broadcast. Rye is easy to put down, relatively inexpensive, and it's a bigger seed. So you can broadcast with your hand. You Do not bury the seed. And if you get the proper amount of moisture and some mild temperatures, they'll be up in about 10 or 14 days. If for some reason it gets really, really cold, you plant the seed, it's not going to kill the seed. It's just going to delay the germination process. So it can definitely be done. And we'll plant rye through probably the end of February. Obviously, if you plant it in February, it won't last as long. But some people have a need to do that. And uh, rye grass will start to die in about May, depending on temperatures and location. And it
0: doesn't come back.
1: It doesn't come back, but it's one of the few seeds that will uh, – grass seeds that will grow f- fine in full sun and grow fine in deep shade. So a lot of people have, like, oak trees that they never can get anything to grow under, it, and they just want to pretty it up. And so rye is a simple way to do that, uh, and comes up fast. You know, I, we tell people, should I fertilize Nah, Nah, don't fertilize it, because remember, it's not coming back. It's going to die in May anyway. And it doesn't take any fertilizer to get it up and growing. Now, if you're doing this for cattle, that's another story altogether. They really want it to grow fast and grow a lot. So they'll fertilize that to keep it, uh, you know, to, to keep it for forage. But for the lawn, you don't need to do that.
0: Gotcha. Anything else? That's
1: it, Jeff. All uh, right. We'll uh, see you next week. In six the, or seven days a week these days. We have seven days. Okay.
0: Again, Bear's Garden Center at the corner of Hopkins and West St. Peter. Richard, we'll look forward to the next time.
1: Thank you, Jeff.